You're listening to Halloween, the definitive companion with your hosts, my good friend Daniel Krupa and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we're heading west with Michael as he tries to kill Laurie Strode 20 years later. Okay, Daniel, what is the premise of Halloween H2O 20 years later? Laurie Strode isn't dead, but is currently living as Carrie Tate, the headmistress of a private boarding school in California. 20 years after the events of the original Halloween, Michael heads out west. I think this is the first Halloween I saw. Really? I think I'm pretty sure it's the first Halloween I saw, which I guess is not that great, really. Um, you get in the closure. Yeah. Because <laughs> fair play, like loads of it just doesn't make sense. If you've not seen the other ones, well, maybe if, if you probably get away with not seeing two. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe you don't get the emotional payoff. No. But yeah, this is, I think this is the first, because like, I guess, I don't know why it would have been that either. Well, probably the right age for it, post-Scream, yeah. you're all jazzed on it, on slasher movies. Yeah, Josh Hartnett. And, uh, like, um, little Alan Parrish from Jumanji. Little Alan Parrish from Jumanji. <laughs> that is, because it, it's really strange. I checked it, there's only, there's only four years between them, right? Between Josh Hartnett's character and Little Alan Parrish from Jumanji. In real life. In real life, it's only four years. But when they were filming this, Josh Hartnett is 20 and he's 16. And I really think the gap between 16 and 20, you do change quite a lot. Yeah. So I kind of feel, because Josh Hartnett, I was like. He was also heartthrob at the time. He looks about fucking 26 in this. He looks so old in it. I think because he's just quite tall and big. And actually, he's a decent presence on screen. Yeah, it's, it's one of his breakout roles, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, he gets the introducing thing as well, because I think that's really interesting where they go. They introduced Jamie Lee Curtis, now they introduce him as well. I quite like that. It's good. I think there's a lot to like about this. I f- I, honestly, I think it's good. I think it's good with caveats. Mm. And obviously, it's not without its problems, but I do think it as a this type of film, in this type of time and era, this is probably one of the best. Bonkers title. Yeah. Halloween H2O, colon, 20 years later. 20 H2O, obviously confusing, because obviously just water is odd. Make any sense. But I guess what that does imply is this was 20 years later, and it was a big passion project of Jamie Lee Curtis. I yeah. think she was one who really drove this to happen, and the storyline kind of really reflects it. Yeah. She wants to put it to bed. I, do you know the original subtitle was uh, The Revenge of... Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode, yeah. which I do quite like, although it kind of spoils what the end of the film is. It is yeah, a working title so. for the film. Thing is, though, right, you know I said I hadn't... Because I hadn't seen Halloween and thing. I think there would be something to say for seeing a film, which is 20 years later after something really horrible has happened and you're just dealing with it. Mm. Obviously, you don't have the exact same payoff. But I do think this is what that was for me. And it does, it did kind of work because you are just getting all this. You are, Yeah, you obviously are not getting the kind of emotional thing with it. But, you know, getting some of the echoes and stuff, but yeah. I do think it largely plays because what is going on is pretty simple. Yes. It isn't a very complicated plot line. No, not really. And I think Halloween is best because it is quite a simple premise. Mm. It's just well executed. So how it connects officially, this is interesting. It jettisons what we've Thorn. been talking about. Re- Thorn, no, absolutely get rid of that. So it goes back to simplicity when the last entry was known for its complexity. Yeah. It does follow on from Halloween 2. Yeah. Because it wants to retain the thread that Laurie is related to Michael. Yeah. Which is odd because Michael's definitely not burnt in it. No. So, and, and there's a bit even of a burnt hand. There's even a line where he said, you watched him burn. Yeah. So it kind of calls on from two, but I think they only do that because they want to retain the you are his sister storyline. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there's no other reason to. The uh, thing is though, that's why 
I actually, you know, when Halloween 2018 rolls around and they just go, actually, do you know what? We're not going to do anything except for the original Halloween. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting way of doing it. But actually, then when you look at this, you go, oh, shit, it already done it once in that uh, thing. And then it also then is going to do it again for this Rob Zombie thing, which is going to completely relaunch it well, that, as a thing. That, no, that's the Rob Zombie, that's thing, a separate, yeah. different thing. What I think is interesting is, and we'll talk about it more at the time, but it's worth bringing it up at this point, yeah. is because Jamie Lee Curtis was the driving force behind this. Mm. I almost think, because what happens in the next episode in Resurrection yeah. left a bad taste in her mouth. 20 years later, she's almost gone, let's go and do a better version of this that's idea I, I had. To do, yeah. A better culmination for Laurie. And that's what the current films are going to give us. Absolutely, yeah. and like yeah, Because a lot of the same idea has been explored here. Trauma, getting ready. Yeah. Probably even fleshed out way more in the new films because obviously there's going to be more of them. Yeah, yeah. She's in a worse state. But he, I almost feel like that's her trying to do this idea again. Hmm. I think also the connection thing here is really interesting if you think about how this was made and who was it made by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the last episode we said was a year before Scream. Yeah. This is a couple of years after Scream. And obviously Scream was a huge success for Dimension, part mm. of Miramax. They tap up Kevin Williamson to do He's the treatment. hugely involved in it, yeah. So he, he couldn't commit to writing the screenplay because he was busy doing Dawson's Creek, his own show. Yeah. But he did like a six, seven-page treatment. Which is weird because elements in this foreshadow what he does in Scream 3. Yes. With Sydney being a recluse and living under an assumed identity. Yeah, yeah. So it's a weird echo. This is Halloween via Scream. Yeah. There's like a weird, there's a lot of Scream melded with this. And weirdly as well, because you get the Scream 2 little cameo thing in it. Plus there's like lots of different strange things uh, playing on the Scream rules, which became like a big thing where, you know, he makes a really, uh, Alan Parrish from Jurangi, which that is his name now, makes a really big thing of saying, I'll be right back, which mm. is a huge part of Scream as well. Which actually happens in very few movies. Yeah. <laughs> so you're referencing something that you've said happens in the Halloween movies, but yeah. that actually doesn't happen to this point. I think I've been tracking it. No one has said that so far in the series. No. It's really odd, the isn't it? The poster looks like Scream. Yeah, it really does, yeah. It's these silhouetted headshots. Mm. So they're very much, you would do. Scream was one of the biggest movies of that year. Yeah. You're going to play into it. But it gives this a weird tone where it feels less, it feels more connected tonally to Scream than it does Carpenter's film. I remember as well, always thinking, and I still, I, could, I remember this when I was watching it again, because this is the first time I've watched it in quite a while. I always remember thinking that Will was involved somehow. Because of the amount of time, he, it's just there's something quite dodgy about him. And mm. the amount of times that it happens three times where she thinks she sees Michael Myers, but then it actually turns out, and then Will comes out mm. of nowhere. And I generally thought it was going to be a scream type uh, sort of twist where it's going to turn out the Will knew who she was all along, was somehow connected to one of the other victims, like from the original. And he'd been doing this, uh, like, just sort like of a copycat. Yeah, and he was going to be like a copycat that was, you know, trying to get back at her. Which is what the latest screen films do, yeah. kind of. I generally thought that's what it was going to be. And when I was watching this, I was like, oh, that actually would be really good. just because the yeah. way it's shot and feels, and there's lots mm. of cues that you're picking up on that makes it feel like that. Yeah. There's lots I think I do like about it. And I do really like, in some aspects, just talk about the music. like Because we always talk about the theme at the top. And I think, like, the way that they change this, they add, like, this really strange woodwind to it, which is really, really good. But it gives us, this, like, it gives it, like, a really strange, like, Goodwill Hunting Disney films feel to it. Like, really sort of whimsical mm. feel to it. And it's really odd after a bit. Because you're just like, oh, my like God. That's where I think, despite Laurie Strode being in it, it feels quite unconnected. Mm. Loomis is gone. Yeah. The only connection is Laurie. We're not even in Haddonfield. So no. a lot of the DNA of this film is very different than what we've had previously. Yeah. 
lots of things do feel different. I do think they're trying to modernize it. Definitely, obviously, I've said in the wake of Scream, but mm. it's hard not to make those comparisons when so many of the same people are involved. Another connection that we get right at the beginning, and I do kind of like it, is the Marion connection. So this is the nurse that we've seen in Halloween 1 and 2. And, two, and now she comes back for this, and then it's sort of alluded to that her and Loomis... We're almost together. Well, this is what I was going to bring up. I'm really confused on whose house that is. It's her, it's her house, but he lived with her until the end. So it's like so this, was she his nurse? Well, this is or what... Is it, or is he let her stay on in his house? It's, it's, it's really strange because it's kind of alluded to that... But I, I was reading online, it's like, oh, it's a re- alluded to that they had a romantic uh, oh, encounter. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Because like... Happy would, ending for me. I mean, it would, make more, it would make sense then that that's why she's got a big framed photo of him. And also why he has his own office still. Yeah. And she hasn't packed up. That's a weird relationship. What are you doing? Uh, are you working on Michael Myers still? No, no. No, I promise. Can I come in your office? No, no you don't come in. Don't Never come go in. in. Never yeah. go in. The, the stuff at the beginning is really odd, I think. Because it's not Haddonfield. But it's like the next town over. The next town over. That's why I'm assuming, yeah. So he's, keeping a, he's still keeping an eye on him. But then I guess that's where he was kind of a, from around that area yeah, anyway. He works at Smith Grove. So it would, it would have made sense, yeah. Um, but yeah, because it's kind of too scream style murders in it we like you have joseph gordon levitt who was decently famous at the time he gets the and credit in this so he was decently like third rock was going to come yeah. out like he was he was a decent sized known actor so you do kind of get the drew barrymore style killing you also get marion getting murdered as well but the thing is with the joseph gordon, i know we've talked about it but like the things with the joseph gordon levitt thing is like you don't even see that kill so it's kind of strange yeah. that they would open the film with that and his mate gets killed oh, obviously yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? And also in a film where there's not many kills, you get three in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So it really packs them in. It is that kind of cold prologue, Alice mm. Scream as well. Yeah, absolutely. I do like when it cuts to the credits and you're following around the wall. Although it is weird that it's not actually Donald Plunson's voice. No. It must be some weird legal ro- reason. Um, well, so I read upon it and basically what happens, they, they couldn't find the unmixed version of it. Right. So the only thing they had was from the film. And they obviously couldn't use that because it was music and stuff like that in there. Um, crazy. So they had to get uh, a voice actor in. Um, yeah, a guy called Tom Kane or Bob Kane, and he is the voice of Yoda in all like the Star Wars cartoons, and he's also the voice of the Professor in the Powerpuff Girls. I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding, even the most rudimentary sense of life and death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. When you concentrate, you can tell because it's just so famous, those lines. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he's doing an impression of him, which means he's doing like this big sort of highfalutin British voice. It's the psychotic Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. I do like how it connects in a yeah. way but I, I know you mean it's still even though it does a really big job of going this is how it connects at the top it still feels unconnected in some ways yeah i think they do enough to imply continuity but then it is a choice to make it put it in a new location yeah they just go we're not going to do Haddonfield again mm. we're, just, we're not going to do it like the, all the sequels have done that yeah. pretty much let's move it somewhere else so that's a very intentional choice i think what i was going to ask you how does michael myers know where she is because he steals a file. Yeah. But Loomis isn't going to... If she's properly faked to death, she's not just told Loomis, has she? She's maybe she, properly... Maybe she did. I just think 
there's no point telling you've gone into all the trouble of faking your own death so no one knows where you are and then you tell Loomis and he puts it in a file with your name on it yeah I'd be well I'd be quite annoyed at Loomis for doing that well this goes back to something that we were saying at the in episode two of this podcast where you said surely the next a person that is being interviewed by Loomis is Laurie Strode. And we're never going to, we never got to see that, unfortunately. Mm. But maybe, you know, after number two, because they are kind of connected in a way that they ended up becoming friends. And she's like, right, I'm going to fake my death. But you're, you're going to know this. Are not you true. writing this down? You better not be putting that in that file. I swear to God, Loomis. Because the Christ. film obviously implies that information is in that file. Yeah. I just think it's very foolish to have it in that file. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually got that for one of the things later on, but. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fine. I'll call up the head and feel warm. There's no way, Fitz. Just a precaution. Tomorrow's Halloween. Right, you tell him to look for a guy with a cane and Alzheimer's. The guy would be younger than I am, okay? I was 15 when he killed his sister back in 63. Yes, Fitzsimmons. Pass me through the head and feel good. Yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah, right. Let's talk about the mask then. This is a biggie. So do you want to sort of outline kind of yeah. what we know that happened? Okay, so there are four to five masks. Four is usually the number that you read about most frequently. Yeah. The original one, which is sometimes referred to the KMB mask, mm. is this incredibly white, blue, featureless mask mm. that makes him look a little bit like an alien. Yeah. And you can still find pictures of it online. The famous scene where Laurie looks through the porthole and sees him. Yeah. They shot it with this mask, but then they reshot it in the final film. Yeah. You can still see it in the background of some shots in the final film. Mm. The next mask that you see most of the time is the Stan Winston mask. So Stan Winston tried to recreate the original. That's the one you see for most of the film. Yeah. There's another mask that I believe is also used in some shots that is kind of similar to the original mask as well. And then the fourth one is the CGI mask that you only see in one shot when he kills little Alan Parrish. Right, okay, yeah. Because I think that might have been the first mask and there was no way of getting around it. Yeah, because that, that features quite a lot in that scene. So Because they put a lot of shading on it to make it look more consistent. But obviously this is sort of motion tracked shading in 1998 and looks horrendous. It looks so bad, yeah. In the dark as well. yeah. Well, I guess because they, they're trying to recreate shading in the dark badly. Or something that's moving. Yeah. A, a modern Instagram filter would do that better. Yeah, I know. I and I know that more, <laughs> it says more about how advanced mo mo modern mobile phones are, yeah. but still, it looks awful. Yeah. So we were looking at some pictures. With that original one, Yeah. it is really odd because it's got a really receding hairline. Yeah. It's got strange eye holes. It's very bluey white. I don't really like it, but it feels weird to talk about that one because it doesn't exist in the final film that much. Yeah, strange, isn't it? I think I've worked out something which irks me about the bad masks that we see in this series, and I know what it is. Mm. And it's, I always, in my head, I was like, oh, the eye holes are too big. And if the eye holes are too big, that means it's crap. But actually, in this film, what I worked out was, it's not that the eye holes are too big, it's that the eye holes are too high. So the eye holes are too high up. So you get these big eye holes and you get his eyes resting on the top of the eye holes and you just get all this face underneath. I also think it's too tight. Yeah. So you get skin. Whereas in the original, there's gaps. So there's there's darkness around yeah, the eyes. Exactly, yeah. So I think if you, the way, when I think it's a bad mask is because you see so much skin around the eyes. Because then you have to, that's got to be makeup. You've got to put something on that. Well, like and, Batman. Yeah, and it just looks ends up looking shite. But I also think what you want is if you look at it in the right lighting, like the original, 
you can tell it is a man. You can still mm. see there's a bit of skin. But in this one, it's almost tight to his face. Yeah. Like it's almost stretched down. So at some point, so for instance, the porthole scene, you can see so much of that actor's eyes and yeah. therefore too much expression. Yeah. I you think, want them you want the eyes to be sunken. Yeah, because in in some scenes, I do think that it does look quite decent. But it, then because I still think the thing that we've talked about a lot is like missing definition. And I think in a lot of scenes, like the the, the good mask does have that definition. The one in the Marion house at the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it almost looks the best since the original. Yeah. When he's down the corridor, it looks genuinely good when he attacks her. Yeah, it looks really, really good. But then when you that one in the Charlie thing, because obviously it's hard, but there is a shot where he's pretty much stationary. And when he's standing there and you get like there's two really dark lines coming down his face. And you're just like, that looks shit. But also that wasn't on any of the masks. So why have you done that? What is odd is if I'm making a Halloween film, mm. you know what I'm putting in pre-production? <laughs> Day one, meeting one with my team. 100%. Mask. Yeah. And this is the only film where they've not had a settled mask going in. Yeah. Even Halloween 4, when he has the blonde hair, they obviously get rid of that as best they can. So it mm. doesn't really bother the rest of the film, regardless of what you think of that mask in 4. Yeah. They make a decision early on and get rid. The fact that this film, which... They knew they wanted to make and was a big thing at the time. Yeah. They don't have a settled Michael Myers mask. And they change it halfway through a bunch of times. I can't get my head around that. You are right because you just go, but also what makes that even worse is there are very few kills in this. We'll talk about that in a bit. But which means the stuff that Michael is doing, he's actually got to do a lot more legwork in terms of like acting and things because a lot of it is a presence mm. and he's a presence and he's not just murdering people. He's doing all these different things. So you go, right. It's really important for us to nail this mask because he is in, for a lot, a lot of this close film, of him, yeah. he ain't killing. Yeah, I think that's where this mask is almost hyper-scrutinized. It's like yeah. you say, there's so many close-ups of him. Yeah. The way that Michael Myers is shot in this, there's loads of close-ups. Mm. There's loads of him being shot from below and walking. Yeah. You see this mask from so many angles, so it's even wilder that there's four of them. Yeah. I, also, I don't know if it's bad makeup, or I don't know if it's meant to look like this or what, but... You know, because it is so tight, you do see a lot. You do The cool thing about it being so tight is you see a lot more expressions of his actual face, which I'm kind of into if it didn't look shit. He looks like he just woke up all the time. All the time. He just looked knackered. He looks absolutely shattered. He would be knackered, though, wouldn't you? I don't, what's he been doing? Just waiting for this moment for 20 years. I'd just be sleeping. I'd be knackered at that. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I guess. Imagine like, you like, gets up in the morning, what to do today? Think about killing Laurie. Can yeah. I do it this year? No, you have to wait. Well, I guess like that's the thing, isn't it? Where we've talked about this before. Is like, I think maybe waiting to pounce is probably actually quite tiring. It's oh, absolutely. Imagine being out, on yeah. edge just constantly. Constantly, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he is knackered. That's true, actually. It looks the worst when he's chasing... I don't even think, I think it doesn't even look the worst when he's in that Charlie scene. It looks the worst for me when he's chasing Laurie and Molly and it looks, it looks like a cartoon. It just doesn't look real and it doesn't, it definitely doesn't look scary. And it's in the dark as well. She's like, how have you managed to fuck this up so badly? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just a really, really strange one. But as you say, if we were just do, if we were just doing it on the Marion kill from the from the beginning, that looks in, that looks incredible. Yeah, I re I scrubbed through the movie again this morning before we recorded, and mm. yeah, early on when he's in the kitchen with Marion, and again it could be lighting as well, and also yeah. performance, which we'll get onto in a second. It looks brilliant. It really, lo I think it looks great. So mm. it's still even more baffling to me that it's so crap elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know what order it was shot in, because obviously we know the films aren't done in order of the scenes that you see them in a the film. So 
I would love to know where that Marion. So uh, there is shots up. of that Marion bit with the the blue white mask. Is there? So they've redone that at some point. Right. That's Again, really interesting. Day one, yeah. meeting one, mask. Get it right. Right. We've got Overall, Jamie Lee Curtis. Day two. Yes. Now we got to do the mask. That's bonkers, isn't it? All right. Let's not anyone mess with me here. Jimmy been suspended five times this year already for getting a little crazy with the stick. All right. Performance-wise, then. He feels really thin. He feels tiny in this yeah. and really gaunt, even though... He's and like, quite tall in this one. Yeah, but like, the, as you say, because yeah. the mask is so tight to his face, you can see that the guy is actually quite thin and gaunt, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. we've been talking about these films a lot recently, and in this section we always talk about the actor and what they're asked to do. Mm. The other day I was walking my dog, and I was thinking a lot about why I think Michael Myers is scary in the first film. Yeah. And this is what I've come to. And I don't think it's happened much in the film since. Mm. Is in the first film, we spend a lot of time with Michael Myers. Yeah. From his perspective. Yeah, that's true. And that doesn't happen anymore. No. So in the first film, we meet Tommy outside of school and we stalk him. We're in the house with Michael and he's breathing, looking out. These scenes don't happen anymore. Yeah. And the one that really clarified this for me is, you know the scene where Michael is trying to sneak into the school with Ronnie? Yeah. And he's looking at the windows and moving and going to the other side. Yeah. And he's like dodging. It's like he's playing a stealth game and avoiding cones of vision. It's basically that, yeah. In the first one, Michael Myers does not give a shit if you see him. Yeah. Michael Myers is not Ghostface. He's That's not a true, human yeah. man that can be hurt. Yeah. He does not give a shit if Laurie sees him in the first one. He might disappear at the end just to shit her up. Yeah. And because he wants to kill her later and he's toying with her. But in this film, he acts like a serial killer that could get caught. Yeah. If you're pure evil and you're an unstoppable force, I don't think you give a shit if Ronnie no. sees you. I'll just kill him. There's that. So one of the worst bits, I think, is right at the beginning uh, where the police are called to Marion's house because there's been a break-in. He does a really quick turn when he hears a siren. Mm. I was like, what's he doing? What's he done that for? And he looks like, because Ghostface moves in that really weird way when he like mm. jumps around quite a lot. It, why does he do that? Yeah, so that's the big conclusion I came to is, Michael Myers doesn't hide. No. And also, he doesn't jump out and suddenly appear. In the first film, the environment reveals him. Yeah. What does he do in the first film? Tommy Tommy Wallace looks out the window. He just fucking stood there. Yeah. Come on, then. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange, because even when Molly looks out the window in the school, it's a nice little callback to Halloween 1, where Laurie looks out and sees him. Like, he's in that sort of gate thing. But he's not still, he's moving. He's like sort of bobbing around his yeah, head. moving. That's the closest. Really but, odd. So before he gets to the school and Laurie knows he is real and not an hallucination, yeah. we have several of these moments that could have been in the original film, but they're these like fake hallucinations by Laurie. Mm. I hate those. Yeah. Because you know at the end when he kind of just, there's a, a visual effect where he just disappears yeah. in a transition. That definitely confirms, oh, that is a Laurie hallucination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have easily had those moments where she's having a glass of wine. She looks across the street. He's there. Yeah. He's genuinely there, like in the original film. She looks down, braces herself, collects her breath. She looks back, he's gone. Yeah. You would have ambiguity. Yeah. But the fact that he just transitions yes, and disappears, yeah. you go, oh, she's hallucinating. Yeah. And I guess like that's the really hard what? thing is like when you put in the hallucination things... Then you just go, you you lose it. As an audience member, you lose trust in what you're actually seeing. So you just go, well, nothing is scary anymore because she's probably just dreaming it. And it'd be way scarier for Laurie to be actually seeing him and yeah. thinking it is a hallucination. 100%. Like she yeah. does when she sees him walking down the road. That's right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she keeps closing her eyes. And fortunately enough for her, Will comes in and gets yeah. her. But then there's a shot that comes back and you see it was actually Michael and he yeah, just walks yeah, yeah. away. That's way more scary. 
Yeah, that's way scarier. They should have done more of that. But I think that also then undermines Michael Myers as a presence in this film because mm. if he was just broad daylight again, stalking her, like so brazenly 20 years later, yeah. it would be so much more effective than him just trying to sneak his way into the school. Absolutely, yeah. And I know, like, that's the thing. He moves sometimes in that, that really weird way. If you watch that right at the beginning when he turns for the police... I said, oh, it, that really reminded me of Ghostface. And he's played by Kevin Durant, who plays Ghostface in Scream 2. So it's like, you can see that there's like sort of strange, because like I've, in my head, like Ghostface is like really weird, like fluid. Like the, he has this strange like fluidity mm. about him. And that's what he's got too much of in this. And same as Ghostface, this induced the idea that more people beat Michael Myers up in this. Yeah, yeah that's happened before. Loomis has gone out of him with a two by four. Yeah. You know, he gets knocked down the stairs in one. Yeah. But here he is, he is someone that can be harmed and stopped yeah. even temporarily, which is a very scream thing. You yeah. can turn on your attacker and like delay them slightly. Yeah. Whereas in the yeah, first yeah. film, it's like you were so scared of him. You wouldn't want to get in his way. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it really counts as Michael's performance, but I thought it was the coolest, creepiest bit that he does. It's when he rolls out of Marion's driveway with the, with the lights off yeah. and then drives, drives off really, really slowly with the lights that's on. That's good. That's really good. But that's also, that's really, really consistent good. with the first yeah. one. Again, driving is a big thing for Michael Myers, which I never really realized until yeah. he started. He's big into driving. But again, who the fuck taught him how to drive? Well, Loomis says that to Wind and goes, maybe one of you did it. Yeah. Which is actually a very good line if you think the cult of Thorn is real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They went, like, what does he need to learn? Yeah. Driving. Nice. Swimming. <laughs> who's, who's telling Mike how to do a bike? Um, but the, there's a bit which I think is the worst bit for me performance-wise is when he's stabbing Sarah and you watch that back. He looks bored as fuck mm. and it's shot really badly. He's just like this, no like intent, no confidence at all. And he's just stabbing just like, meh, meh, meh. It doesn't seem asked mm. and it's really, really bad. I think a lot of the kills look like that for me. Yeah. Similarly, you know the scene where Laurie first knows that he's real mm. and the kids are trying to get him through the door and there's that gate in the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Myers is panicking so much. Yeah. Again, I don't think Michael Myers panics. No. Because you know it's what? Bad, isn't it? If you are unstoppable, I'll yeah. get you later. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But he's really lashing with that knife yeah. in a way that I just think is really unbecoming. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm really oh, no, elevating no. Michael Myers, but I just think it's at odds with how he's been presented at his best. 100%, yeah. Yeah, it's not good, is it? The, there's a couple of bits, and we have to talk about this film without knowing what we do from Resurrection, right? When he, the, him trapped inside the body bag is excellent because he's freaking fucking out, like trying to get out of it, and it really makes me laugh. And when he finally gets out, it reminds me of a bit in Ace Ventura when uh, he comes out Rhino. of Rhino's ass. It reminds me of that. But then what I don't understand is you just go, okay, right, if we're going to have... If we're going to hop back to the first film, what does he do? He does the head tilt. He does the sit-up. And there's a bit oh. where the van is the, has the lights on him. She's waiting. She's like, go on, sit up, sit up, sit up. She's like willing it to happen. The way that he sits up is awful. Yeah. And you're like, why have you, why have you just done that? You know how he sits up. He sits up like a fucking Undertaker from WWE. It, do it, that. He tries. To, he does it in the school as well. Where yeah, the, he does. The wardrobe yeah, yeah. Bit, and there's another one. And he looks like a comedy sit-up. I don't <sighs> know if he's not young enough and he's not been doing crunches, but he yeah. struggles to get up. Yeah, I do. I do that in the house when I I'm doing bits. Like, we just do Michael Myers. Setup. I do Michael Myers setup in bed. That's stuff, a good yeah. workout, Michael Myers setup. The Michael Myers setup, yeah. But I do it all. The, I do it all the time just to see if I can do it. 
And like, I'm not great at doing it, but I'll get better, I'm sure. That's right. why he wasn't good originally, was he? We could do that. We could work with a trainer. That's in the GQ article. And get him to do, right. How would you actually work out like him? We'll do, an, we'll do a special episode of this podcast where I'll get on a personal trainer, Rob, to give us a little thing. Or right, how do we actually work out like You it? know we've done that GQ parody cover. Yeah. By this time next year, it's going to be a full issue. Full issue, yeah. That we'll put out. Can we just do a zine? We'll just do a zine. Oh, we do a big zine. Yeah. The zine's still big. I never did a zine. I always wanted to do a zine. We could do a zine. I'll do a zine. We'll do a zine about Michael Myers. I'll just change the GQ to RKG. Okay, sweet. Done. It's for legal. <laughs> he turned just in time to see her enter the room. With her long, slender legs, they climbed high up a skirt, leading to two tumultuous, round melon breasts. Round melon? What? Now, why do you want to label it like food? And what kind of melon are you talking about? Cantaloupe, watermelon, what? Baby, it's fiction. People like to read descriptive adjectives. It sets the scene. It's stupid is what it is. It's sensual and romantic. So it's really hard to do the mask ranking because... Do we use four? One? It's not very clear which ones are... Without having images from the scenes, I think it would be tricky. I think we're just going to have to go... As a four. As a full as a, unit. As, a, yeah. as a, an experience. So what's our, what's our current ranking? Oh, it is from bottom to top. It is five, four, two... Six one five four two six one and three is Hello? his own thing. <laughs> I think I even though this is really muddled. When this is good, this is better than five and four for me. I can see that. When it's bad, it's worse. Yeah. I, I don't I, again. I don't know if it's worse than five. Yeah, because five, five is five horrific. Is awful, yeah. Four is four. Almost looks like the one that's replacing a lot of this film. That really white, featureless one. Mm. I think this is just below two for me. Yeah, so I think we can go one. It's best. Yeah, six. Yeah, curse. Two. Two. This. H2O. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's do that, and then four and five. And then three is unfair. Okay, yeah, so three is. our mass ranking so far then okay. in this is one, six, two, H2O, four, five. Three is unfair. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. I like that. She took off her clothes, revealing her satiny soft femininity. And Lawrence looked at her with lust in his eyes and said, I want to invade every part of your being. I want to tantalize myself with your sweet nectar. Oh, Tanya, better not fall for that shit. I smell that a mile away. And Tanya laughed at him. You don't expect me to fall for that shit, she said. <laughs> that's right. Make us smile. That's it. Oh, shit, honey. Someone's here. Can I call you back? Oh, no, 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 no. I hold on. I want to know what stupid line Tanya falls for. The same one you did. One more second. Stupidest decision. In the film. Now, we've already talked about it. Fucking telling Loomis that you fake your own death and him writing it down in his little thing. That's pretty bad, I think. Because if you fake your own death, you just can't tell anyone. You can't tell anyone. But she tells your son as well. Yeah, he's all right, though. I think you kind you've of... You've got to not keep telling people, though, if you fake your own death. I think, got... you tell, I think you tell your son because he's going to wonder why you're so bonkers about things and why you hate Halloween. Can I do Halloween? Can I fuck? Absolutely not. Put this here. It's not quite as stupid a decision, but it's mm. stupid. You know, she's like, she hates Halloween. Mm. She still carves a jack-o'-lantern when she's having yeah, dinner with Will. Yeah, I would true. love to see the scene. I think it actually is a cut scene. Really? She was doing it with Will. <gasps> What's her attitude carving a pumpkin? Yeah. Well, I guess it's not that she is like anti-Halloween. Yeah, she's not it afraid of Halloween. It is a bad reminder, surely. Yeah. She's not afraid of Halloween, though. She's just afraid of what happened on Halloween. So I can kind of, mm. like, she's not seeing, she's not traumatized by seeing a pumpkin. I don't think. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's not going to evoke the best memories. I no. do like there's a line where someone go, she goes, Look, I know today is the day, but I think... Oh, really? What day is that, John? Halloween. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Of course you have. I've got a couple, though. When Ronnie stops her from stabbing him loads. Oh. And you're just like, she's just about to do it because she knows. She's been in this situation before. Also, she takes a bloody time getting down those steps. I know she's got it all around. I was like, in my head. If he's gone. In my head, he's got to be gone. Because it's like the end of one. But he's still there. And that's why Ronnie stops her from stabbing him. He's dead. He's, he's, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And she doesn't do it. It's like Tommy Wallace in the last film. Yeah. If he's down and you've got a window. Yeah. This is a good question. Do you think in those situations, mm. Michael needs a little time to recharge or he's actually just, he's just faking it? Like he'd get it whenever he wanted to. Mm, or does he need a little, say, yeah. just little breather? I mean, I guess that is a big fall when he has been stabbed. He can't die. He can't die. He's mm. been blown up in two, which is still continuity. But yeah, like we said true. in the last one, in those situations, I know it's gross, just chop him up. Yeah, absolutely. I would chop off his head. Chop that's, off his that's head. That's a really sharp knife. Chop off his legs. Yeah. Just make it harder for him to get about. Even just chop off his legs. Just chop off his legs and just see what he does. <laughs> and keep him. I'd really like to see what he does. Yeah. You know, like in shit zombie films and TV shows where there's always like a zombie that's like hasn't gone anything mm. recently coming towards you. It will keep going. Do that. Although, you know, if you were being really fanatical about it mm. or pedantic, the fact that he is unburned on his face does imply that he can to some degree regenerate. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, Can he regrow his legs? Oh, it's not clear, is it? I don't know. It's really strange. What's Laurie's plan with that van? Just driving off a cliff? She's just hoping yeah, that point. he goes through the windshield or what? Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. Because she, she's not like... Because uh, I thought, she okay, swerve she's waiting for him to get up so she can like ram on the brakes or something yeah, like that. So she doesn't do that. She just drives off a cliff. Do you think she just kill them both? Yeah, maybe. Maybe she doesn't care anymore. She's, I mean, she's lucky it lands like it does. I mean, really lucky it lands in a way that pins him. Yeah. That reminds me of, what was it, in Signs that, that happened to Mel Gibson's wife, like, before the oh, film yeah. starts? Like, I think that's what happens. And when they move the van, or the car, wherever, like, all her guts spill out and she dies. I do not remember that happening in Signs. Yeah, I do. Oh. I, watched it, I watched it recently. Those, yeah, those are the worst ones, I think. I've put, is it a stupid decision? Shooting Ronnie? He doesn't know it's Ronnie. Because the film lies to you and shows you Michael Myers. Yeah, it's so weird. I, I, I scrubbed it back and I was like, yeah, that's him. Why is, is, why really is Will seeing Michael it's Myers? It's really cheeky. So in a very Loomis moment, he snatches the gun away from her and like yeah. shoots Ronnie. Kind of a bad decision more than a stupid decision. Mm. Josh Harnett's haircut. <laughs> Girls are into that then, man. Yeah, to be fair, it looks good on him. Yeah. Um, I didn't know where else to put this. But it's kind of stupid. What I absolutely love is... I love that Will, mm -hmm. a school counselor in California, knows immediately who Michael Myers is. Yeah. But a detective in the town over from Haddonfield at the beginning struggles to remember his name. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I remember him. I saw a thing on 60 Minutes on him. Spent his life tracking down that Halloween guy who butchered all his kids up in Haddonfield, right? Michael Myers. Right. I just thought that was very funny and a little bit stupid of the detective. That's a really strange little bit, that is, because that guy's in a bunch of stuff. So um, it was meant to be a big... B plot oh. of detectives and it got cut very close to before they started shooting. No way. So that's why they cast a proper actor in that role. They were going to do this whole subplot of them getting to California and piecing it together. Yeah. And then they kind of just realized one, it undercuts Jamie's agency. Yeah. And secondly, there's no real payoff because uh, by the time they get there, it's like, well, I fucking know Michael Myers is here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. I think they, that was them going, do we need a kind of Loomis kind of figure? Mm. I always think, well, that's right. 
because there's a podcast that's called I Was There Too, right? And it's a, it's a podcast basically about people who have like small parts in really big films. But I always think like, wouldn't it be mad to see a film that maybe has a cast? Because like there's films with like big casts, right? But obviously you can't just cast amazing actors in all of them because they obviously cost a lot. Wouldn't it be amazing to see a film that every single person that you see is like A-list Hollywood actor? Mm. And they're all, you know, doing like they're not like their parts aren't beefed up or anything like that. They are just, just doing those bits. Sometimes, yeah. Wouldn't it be really funny to see? Because like, that, that, that happens kind of here with this guy, even though we can't remember his name. He is a decent-sized actor. Like, he's been in Scrubs. Like, I recognize yeah, him because you would that. have that on something like Knives Out, but that is limited cast. Exactly, And yeah. each one is a good role. But I was thinking, like, so in There Will Be Blood, there's that big town uh, hall Everyone's meeting, someone. Right? But every single person mm. is someone. So there's George Clooney, there's Julia Roberts, and they're all... So, some of them haven't even got lines. They're just all there. There's only moments like that in other films, like um, in Thor. Right. When they do that reenactment of oh, Thor yeah, yeah, in yeah. Asgard and they're all quietly very famous or yeah. a bit in Hot Fuzz yes. where everyone is really famous but yeah, they don't draw yeah. attention to it. Yeah. But that whole kick for an entire film. Yeah. So you've got a cast of a hundred people but every single one of them is like Oscar nominated or Oscar winner. <laughs> has to be Oscar winner. Yeah. Oscar, just Oscar winners. Oscar winner and above. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, um, one, one final stupid decision. Okay. Take his mask off him. Yeah. At the end, when you're putting him in a body bag, just oh, yeah, t- that's just so take, weird. Because also that changes everything. Just take his mask off him. He's dead. Yeah. Nobody's letting a, a mask killer in death keep his mask keep on. Keep his mask on unless yeah. it's melted to his head. It's very good. That is a good. What are we saying? This is a stupid decision. Then it's got to be telling Loomis that you're dead. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, we've got to infer that's what's happened. Yeah, because that's why he's gone to a thing. I think. I think that's definitely happened. Yeah. I think telling Loomis because I think to be fair, Can't we've be told us a lot. He cannot be trusted. So I think that yeah, that is one hundred percent stupid decision. Oh, I love food. I really do. I hope you don't mind if I get really big and dumpy. It's my goal in life. Oh no! I, uh, I always found obesity to be very sexy. God, you are so Renaissance. <laughs> Scariest moment? Is there any? I've got, I've got one. I got one. Do you want me to? I'll go first. Yeah. I think it's a cool new original image to the series when he lowers himself down from yeah. the rafters. Is it scary? I don't know. I like moments of Michael Myers being creepy and doing Spider-Man-like stuff. things. But just one that kind of implies superhuman strength because yeah, doing it with one hand. That's insane. And it's just an odd thing of him lowering down because he's never done it before. No. And I just quite like that as a moment. I remember it being big in the trailer and the marketing for this film. And I was mm. like, oh, it's cool, isn't it? Because I was, I was 12 at the time. Yeah. No, I like that. I think scariest moment is the entire scene with that little kid and the, and the mum in the toilet. Yeah. That is, I think Very all good. of that is actually really good. And I think... It sort of comes back in Halloween 2018 as well, where it's a very similar scene, with mm. a very different outcome. But that entire bit is really interesting. I actually will play into something from later, that comes later on. Yeah. But I think that is generally a scary scene. Yeah, it's really good. And it shows you him, he doesn't really care about them. No. It's, with this film, I think it'll be a good chat in 2018 because this is also trying to replicate a lot of the beats from the original. Mm. You know, going to a gas station, yeah. getting stuff, almost like going on his journey and getting eventually to Laurie. Yeah. And I think they've probably drilled down and gone, what were the beats of the original that we want to reuse? And that's what yeah. 2018 does as well. Do you think that the car that he stole from Marion was broken or out of gas? Or do you think he just saw that car that the mum and the daughter were in and is creepier? And he was like, that's a fucking creepy fucking car. I'm getting that. I think that's a good insight into the mind of Michael Myers. Where he yeah. goes, What's creepier? Yeah. That's, I love that one. Why are they driving such a creepy car? 
Yeah. It's so strange they're driving there. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense for... It's not like a mum's car. No. It's n- it doesn't make any sense for that mum and that daughter in 1998 to be driving like a classic Morris Minor style van. It's fucking weird. It's a good um, question for a mum or a parent in that situation. Yeah. How, mu- how long do you leave it? <laughs> how much are you shitting it that... You know, obviously, you want to go check on your child. Yes. But also, how long do you leave it, leave it before you know he's gone? Well, I actually really think that the mum running out when she uses a scream, no matter what, she's like, she's really scared to go out. And then she uses a scream. She's like, fuck this, I'm going out. On mum time. Like, I thought that was really good. And it's a spider. I, I, I think that's the scariest scene, I think. Yeah, actually, I agree. That's really good. Right, how many killings? This is really interesting. We got seven total, which is the lowest since the original movie. Six are Michael's, one is Laurie's. Of Michael's, 50% take place off screen as well. So a quite bloodless movie in many ways. It's really strange as well because you get the three kills at the beginning, two off screen, then you get Marion having her throat slit. There is not another kill for 51 minutes after that. Wow. 51 minutes until the next kill. Isn't that bonkers? Yeah. That says a lot about the film as well, because it is, I, I really like it. It has the sort of teen thing, but it is a huge character study of Laurie as well. That's um, definitely what they're playing into more. And again, we said this a few times on this podcast, that mm. she was a driving force in getting this done. So she definitely wanted to explore that of her character. Yeah. I think, I think the Joseph Gordon-Levitt kill is incredible. But as you say, as we said, like he was probably, he's, he's you know, he's the and credit in this, so he's a, a big star. You don't see it. You just see the aftermath of it with a ice skate through the face. Why? Show me that. Show him getting murdered. Yeah, I wonder what. Was, yeah, whether maybe because it's too brutal. Yeah, show. that's the thing. Maybe they don't. They want this to obviously play to a teen audience because mm. none of the none of the kills are actually spectacularly gruesome as no. they have been in the last few films that we've covered. Where you had that kind of late eighties, early nineties escalation towards more horrific deaths. Yeah. These are all. <laughs> not to downplay it these tend to be throat slit stabbed yeah it's really odd isn't it they're not very extravagant we do get a cool I think Will Brennan's kill is also a very good callback to 2 yeah when Michael Myers kills the nurse with the scalpel and yeah, raises her up yeah. this, this real awesome display of superhuman strength he has absolutely yeah I think Will is my favourite I think be- just because of that and he's the only one that really stands out yeah because, yeah, the rest aren't great, really. Like, I know he does something quite big with Sarah. He sort of went for the reveal of Sarah is quite cool. But also at the same time, he's like, I would have liked to have seen him doing something more. I, I'll see I see you, Will. Mm. I'll raise you. It's not the best kill Laurie finally doing, Michael. 100%, yeah. Again, we're going to talk about this film based on this film. Just on this film, yeah. Got to be, right? And this is what... Jamie Lee Curtis wanted. She wanted to put an end on it. And yeah. if you look at the film in those terms, I think it's really successful. All from that bit where she tells the kid, she gets them to safety. Yeah. And I've got a bit of a problem with this film when it does the kind of, oh, 
it's a wardrobe closet again. I don't want to go in there. Yeah. I don't like all that stuff. I don't like all the stuff with her mum, Janet Lee. Oh, it's really it's heavy. Too on the it? nose. Yeah. It's a bit going. And oh, surprise, surprise. The drains in the girls' shower room are clogged again. Can I talk but to you? I, I, I called the plumber and he assured me that he would be here as soon as he Thank can. You. And I do trust Thank you very much. Oh, can I be maternal for a minute? Oh, the theme is in it. The psycho theme oh, is in just, it as she walks towards the car and that's the car from Psycho. It's like Kevin Williamson, I get it. You've yeah. seen other films. <laughs> I, 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 so have I. And it's just, that stuff is just too much. And But I think well done, it works really well. So in the scene when she gets her son to safety and they get him in the car and she packs him up, yeah. she says, she snaps at them and she says the line she says to Tommy Doyle. Go. I want you to drive down the street to the Beckers. It's a mile down the road. Tell them to call an ambulance and get the police. No, we're not leaving. Go yet. as I say now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, that is brilliant because it's in character, it's in context. Yeah. And it's not out of place as a result. Absolutely, yeah. And when she turns to go back in and she screams Michael with the axe, oh, I'm man. like, let's go. I What's think, a moment? Uh, generally, because I said I do, did die this film, the shot of her dragging the axe behind her, screaming for Michael, that's an all-timer in this series, I think. <laughs> and it, it's great. If you wait 20 years for that, yeah. the culmination is, you know what, she's going to take it to him. Yeah. What a brilliant setup for the final 20 minutes of that film. And what I think what's really interesting is... Goosebumps. You, yeah, absolutely. I think what's really interesting is you do start to see, like the ultimate Laurie that we love from Halloween 2018, you start to see the little inklings of it here. And the idea is there that she, but it's just, I think it's a lot stronger in 2018, obviously, because it's just full on. But here, like her dragging that axe, like a huge crane shot of her above her. That's so good, man. That said, I don't think I need the scene that, even though, it, again, it's a callback to the original, mm. when they're in class discussing Frankenstein and about oh, yeah. how Frankenstein has oh, to eventually confront the monster. It's like, oh, well, come on, a bit heavy handed. Do you have any thoughts on Victor and Elizabeth? Well, <clears throat> um, well I think that Victor should have confronted the monster sooner. I mean, he's completely responsible for Elizabeth's death. He was, he was so paralyzed by fear that he never did anything. It, it took death for the guy to get a clue. And why do you think he was finally able to confront his monster? I think that Victor had reached a point in his life where he had nothing left to lose. I mean, the monster saw to that by killing off everybody that he loved. Victor finally had to face it. It was about redemption. It was his fate. It's, I mean, it's so heavy handed all the way through it. I think Charlie says at one about the psycho, another psycho thing where Charlie says, Oh, in 20 years' time, you'll be running a little motel with your mum. Great. Thank you very much. There's a bit, I, although I do like that Janet Lee does get the line. Oh, 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 damn it. Oh, oh, Miss Tay, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to make you jump. It's okay. Well, hey, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. I do like that. Yeah, I think, but I could I could do without the psycho. I could do many. without the psycho theme. Well, the problem with the showers. I could do it without her. Without the psycho theme, when she walks to a psycho car. Oh, Miss Tate, uh, happy Halloween! <laughs> I'd love to go to a school where on Halloween you get a lesson about Frankenstein. Yeah, it's just good lesson planning. What? Also, why? On Halloween, are they all going to Yosemite? And they're it, just clearing that school. It, yeah. 
I mean, I know why it happens is because you don't want hundreds mm. of people around for your finale. But I don't understand story-wise. The one thing I don't understand, why isn't it more... Stick, stick another two people. Stick another two people in and we get to kill... We get to see two more people mm. get killed. Just a couple more horny friends. Yeah. Because, oh my God, they are hornier than any kids that we've seen in these previous films. That's unbelievable. We did Yosemite. It means we could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. The whole place will be empty. We'd have the run of it. We could have a roaming orgy. I love the way this man thinks. <laughs> Hope that's not the only thing he loves about me. Right. What I'm about to say, it comes from a place of love because I am fully aware that I am in a relationship where I'm punching above my weight. Fucking Charlie's done all right, isn't he, with that girl? Jesus Christ. Oh, when he's wearing the turtleneck and falling around. <laughs> I bet he can't believe his luck. I was like, she's going out with him. Uh, I bet he can't believe his luck. She's incredible. Yeah. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, don't get me wrong. But I mean, based on this fit, everything he does in this film, he's not a lovely guy. Although apparently... He's good at cooking, because they, right, they get all that food. Well, but also, he just cooks all the cafeteria food for the next three days. Yeah. Really, they put I on a lovely spread, and also it, with yeah. all the candles, it looks like a scene from Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. It's really strange, yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand the idea. There's barely any kills in it. I do not understand. Like, why is Norma in this, if she's not being murdered? Why is Ronnie in this, if he's not being murdered? No. Just hanging around? Well, I, think, I think also with Ronnie, I think he tested well, so that's why he kind of comes back. What? Yeah, I think there's a cut where he does die. But Jesus but to go just back, we talked about the actual kill Yeah, in a bit more detail. What I do really like is that scene where she confronts him, he's pinned by the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. And he does, in the context of this film, again, stress. Yeah. It's like he's reaching out to her. Mm. And again, that implies he's kind of playing her. Yes. And I love that it just ends with the chop and you get the um, stinger yeah, in the original yeah, yeah. film and then it just cuts to black. Yeah, What's great. a great ending? It is really good. Really good. I think that's the best kill. That's the best, uh, yeah, it's 100% the best Because she also beats Michael in that regard in the final. Exactly. Film. It's got to be the best kill. I think that's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we've talked a little bit about, uh, quite a lot about Jamie Lee Curtis in this, but I do think the cool thing is, and I guess this is something that I, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride must have identified that that is actually a really cool element, is to have her not planning for his return, but being prepared for his return. Mm. And I think not being scared, like she's not scared of him. She, she She's scared of him, but not in a way where she's running away from him. She's actually facing him. She finds an inner resolve which you almost think she might not have at the beginning of the film because yeah, that's she's true. a high-functioning alcoholic, they say. Yeah. It seems like the relationship she had with John's father wasn't a good one. No. There's just this weird errant line that you find out John's father is a methadone addict. Yeah. It's just kind of tossed out there to For imply that maybe before she was headmistress, maybe she, she went off the rails time. or something or found herself in some bad situations. Yeah, that's true. That's a th that, There's lots of lines like that. Because at the time, in 1998, it was almost like, mean-spirited comedy was like the funny thing because there's an awful line about obesity in it, which is disgusting. There's a really awful date rape uh, comment in it. And I almost feel like the methadone thing, the high-functioning alcoholic thing, like they make jokes about on, on this really horrible stuff. Even the methadone thing and uh, having a chain-smoking abusive methadone ad addict is played for a laugh almost. Mm. And it's also crude shorthand to go, it is, yeah. had a bad life or something, rather than really explore it through characterization. Yeah. It's really strange. I love, I absolutely love 
that when I'm sure when the marketing stuff for this would have come out, Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams would have been like front and center because you're like, this is for young people, this is great. They know in the last 20 minutes of the film, no. she chucks him in the car and she's like, fuck off. I love it. I think that's so good. I love it because at the end, you realize they are just the kids she was babysitting. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. her film. And I know there was some talk about maybe Josh Hartnett returning for sequels that mm. never actually materialized. Yeah. Because you could have set that up if you wanted to do the bloodline thing again. Yeah. But I love that it is her film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is the cool thing that it is that it does become just her film. Do you think it would have been better than if then Josh Hartnett goes away, starts reading about the cult of Thorn, and he's like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. They bring back Thorn. Meets Tommy Doyle in an online chat room on Reddit. I think, what was it going to be called? Halloween Retribution, I think it was going to be called. Oh. Fuck me, who names this shit, man? Uh, should we talk about Michael's motivations then? Yeah. Interesting one, because if we clean the slate of all the other sequels, mm. we go, but we, we if we keep two, which is in play, yeah, it is just about killing his sister, yeah, which raises the odd question of where has he been? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Where has he been for 20 years? Recharging because in continuity, the last time Laurie saw him, she shot him twice in the eyes, yeah, and burnt him in an explosion in the hospital. Yeah. That was 20 years ago. What's he been doing? Growing his eyes back. I really love the idea that they, the film just goes, oh, fuck it, I'm not telling you. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> but I guess it's kind of implied that... It would have been better for it to follow on from one then. Yeah. And you could still said they were sister. It just said he was in hospital. Yeah. They, disappeared. Well, they it kind of alludes to the fact, but doesn't really go big on it, that the reason he's come back is because it's... Josh Hartner is now the same age as Laurie was when Michael first attacked. You're so. very right. She, that's almost a reveal when yeah. she realized it's the same age. And that's when she's like, I would need to ring Yosemite to find out. So maybe he was waiting for the son to become 20 years old. But would he know that she has a son without getting that file? Absolutely not. And also, doesn't really seem that interested in the son during any of the film. So I don't think that really does play. Even though that would be a reason for why he's not be I mean knocking about all these years because the motivations are he is intent on Laurie hence he leaves the mother and child at the gas station absolutely yeah because they're not posing a direct obstacle no so he's kind of indifferent sure I bet he would kill them if they got out of those stalls yeah why not yeah but that's it he is again fixated on Laurie mm, that's true yeah so I don't know yeah so say he successfully killed Laurie is he going after Josh Hartnett yeah I don't know like that's because that's the thing that I really like about we'll we'll get to you know when we get to 2018. That's the thing that I really like about it is that he is he is after Laurie, but he just kills a bunch of other people as well. For yeah. So I'm just like I'm into this. This is great because you need that because otherwise you what you get in this is three of the six kills in the opening ten minutes and then yeah. nothing. I don't know Alien does another similar thing where you don't heavy. see the alien and stuff like that, but this ain't Alien, is it? <laughs> I don't know, with the mask on, he does look a bit like a... <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. Uh, that, uh, going for pros, though, on this, hmm. stripping out all that stuff kind of returns that element of mystery to it. Yeah. I don't think... I don't know, the fact that he's still hung upon... There's not really much meditation on this without the Loomis character on what he is and what he represents. Yeah, that's true. There's no person to articulate the psychology of michael myers or imply that there's something genuinely supernatural about him yeah which i think this film loses a little bit by not having that loomis van helsing character that we've had previously i do definitely think it does lose that little bit but i also feel like they could have done more with laurie then to beef it up and i guess that's what we'll see in 2018 because that's what you get basically she becomes laurie strode and loomis in one but I do. I know what you're saying. It does kind of miss that a little bit. Like maybe lacks that little bit of 
me- yeah, meditation on what he is mm. that but, you've always had. You've always had this commentary, even in some of the films, it was getting almost a version on self parody. He's yeah. evil on two legs, right? Yeah. But there's someone who's saying he is evil, whereas this, it does play a bit more like Ghostface. Absolutely, yeah. He's a man in a mask. Yeah, that's true. And Norma could have been that. That's what Norma's character could have been a little bit more, rather than just whinging about the showers all the time. Oh, I just realized why she's called Norma. Yeah, I know. It's so... Oh, my... I, there's like nine things going, just so you know, this is the woman from Psycho, just so you know. Like, and do you know, you know it's her mum? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I know, it's fucking Psycho. Jesus Christ. Do you know there's a shower scene in Psycho? Yeah. I bet, though, if we watch Scream Back now, all the... I bet... It, I, I haven't watched Scream for years. I bet it's aged awfully. I don't. I don't I think reckon, it has. I, I, I think there's gonna be so many bits that are just on the nose. But that's his whole shtick. I don't mind that. That's. I also what I think because I watched Scream again not so long ago. There's actually not also. I don't know if it's an intentional decision by Wes Craven. If it yeah. was, it was very good. He doesn't put that much tech in it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Beyond the mobile phone. Good. There's, so, which is good, but I think late nineties tech dates a film really badly. Oh yeah. I mean, we're about to see it in the next, next podcast, mate. What about? Wes Craven dressed up as Freddy Krueger mopping the halls in Scream and he's called Fred and he looks over and they say, all right, Fred? Because that happens in that film. I don't mind that. Yeah, it's not as bad. And I guess they're not playing the fucking new nightmare. Yeah, theme and the whole like point like, of Scream is it to be self-reflexive and referential. Yeah. It's not as bad. It's absolutely not bad. I'm being, I'm being mean on that. I mean, for me though, if we're, if we're talking about him being pure evil, pure evil... Would apps would squeeze that little girl in the toilet to mush? I, I again, I feel like pure evil has an agenda. Are yeah, you sticking to? I don't think pure evil needs to be killing everything. It's mm. not like a nuclear bomb, but it, it doesn't consume everything <laughs> in its radius. Yeah, it's got one. Well, when I always say is like, is he supernatural? Yeah, there are definitely signs in this movie that he is still supernatural. One, yes. he's not burnt. No, he is supernaturally strong. Yeah. And he seemingly can't be killed. Yeah. So I'm still going pure evil. Right, yeah. What about you? Nah, mate. On the next episode, we have to talk about something we'd rather forget. Halloween Resurrection. The Definitive Companion is made by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about things we love, including manifestations of pure evil. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG. G.